This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Matt Wehmeyer pinch hitting this week for Anthony Kastrovitz as we are speaking on this Wednesday, December 14th to Rhett Bollinger, our Twins reporter. Rhett, thank you so much for the time. And, uh, Rhett, a lot to cover uh, with the Twins and their recent uh, goings on. But, unfortunately, as much as I hate to start uh, any podcast on a down note, uh, the Twins receiving some very uh, devastating, somber news uh, recently with the death of uh, their prospect, uh, Jorman Landa. Uh, he was uh, killed, I believe, in an auto accident in his uh, native Venezuela. And I know that uh, his death hit hard for many people in the organization because, you know, even though he had not played a day at the major league level, this is a guy like, like so many prospects who are scouted and signed when they're, when they're just kids, when they're just uh, teenagers. And their progress has followed throughout uh, the years in the organization. And I know for those people in particular that tracked his progress and had visions of him, achieving his major league dreams, this news was especially devastating. Yeah, it absolutely was. I mean, definitely tough news. A 22-year-old died in a car accident in Venezuela. Such a bright future. He had a 40-man roster before last year. Uh, had a little bit of shoulder injury this year, so he's taken off the 40-man about a week before uh, the accident. But um, a big arm and a guy who threw 100 miles per hour. Uh, certainly was a big league uh, candidate in the future. Um, but more than anything, too, just a great guy. Everybody talked from his coaches to his you know teammates to his uh, he was always happy and smiling and, and just loving life. So to have that happen, to be that young and such a freak accident, to crash into a tree in, in Venezuela with his dad driving, um, it's just incredibly sad. So, yeah, it's just a tough tough break for this organization. And, and it's just, you know, lots of a young person like that's always always tough, especially being only 22 years old. Yeah, just uh, just really heart-wrenching news. And this has been happening, you know, uh, way too often lately. I know that uh, last month uh, a prospect in the Yankees organization uh, was killed. And uh, obviously, we've had the deaths of uh, Oscar Tavares in recent years and Jose Fernandez uh, just a couple of months ago. So this is something that we want to see an end to. Uh, definitely news that uh, never, never is is welcome. So the death of Jorman Landa, uh, something that you know we have to touch on. Obviously, it's it's uh, you know bad news for the Twins organization and for friends and family of him. Uh, Rhett, uh, trying to shift gears here a little bit to, to talk about uh, some of the goings-on with the Twins uh, on the field and in free agency. I know that you're getting a lot of questions these days from a lot of uh, eager fans about Brian Dozier. He's coming off an historic year, uh, belting 42 home runs, which just uh, came out of nowhere. Uh, and the question that many fans ask is, you know, is he trade material? And if so... What kind of a return might the Twins seek for a guy that, again, a middle infielder who hits 42 home runs, they don't grow on trees? Would it be a prospect base package or more of a package established around, uh, you know, guys who have experience at the big league level? What are you kind of hearing about that? I think what I'm hearing right now with Dozier is probably going to trade him more for prospects, especially pitching prospects. I think the team that matches up with them the best is the Dodgers. Uh, Jose De Leon, the pitching prospect. 
package a deal around him, maybe a couple other guys, maybe a couple other arms, uh, potentially, uh, you know, Brock Stewart's the name I've heard as well. Um, the Dodgers definitely have the team that kind of makes the most sense. They need a second baseman badly. Otherwise, they're pretty much set. Um, Dozier obviously has a lot of trade value, as you said, coming off 42 home run season, the second baseman. He broke the record for, you know, home runs by second baseman in the American League. Coming up a great year, great teammate. He's pretty much a leader in that clubhouse. So in some ways, it'd be tough to trade him because he is the leader of this team and the team's best player. But if he can get, you know, a package of three or four prospects in return to kind of build this team going forward more sustainable, it makes sense. But it is a tough situation. Like I said, he's definitely a you know, fan favorite, a uh, favorite of his teammates, a uh, ton of talent. So uh, two more years left on his deal. So it makes sense maybe now to try to capitalize on it. But at the same time, I think the Twins are just going to listen. They don't have to make the move now. They can always kind of listen and see if they, you know, hear an offer they like. They can obviously accept it. But I think for now, they're kind of continue to hear offers, kind of feel the offer, see what's going on. And then potentially they can obviously still hold on to him and trade with the deadline. Um, we'll see. But I think right now, I think the Dodgers are the team that kind of makes the most sense. I do think it's going to be uh, a package of prospects. Uh, it's kind of what they're looking for at this point. And uh, another big part of the equation is that Dozier is on a very team-friendly contract, to say the least. Uh, four years, $20 million. Uh, the contract does not expire until the end of the 2018 season, so he's halfway through the deal. Now, the, do the Twins look at this deal and say, you know what, what team wouldn't love to inherit a contract like that? Or on the flip side, do they say, hey, we've got a guy on a very affordable contract, you know, why trade him? Because, again, how often do you get a guy who hits 40-plus home runs on a contract which pays him $5 million a year? Is it kind of a catch-22 for them? Exactly. That's a great question. Exactly. A kind of catch-22, you know that he's your best player. It's kind of the same thing with Urban Santana. Santana has two more years on his as well. Santana is their best pitcher. So, you know, do you trade your best asset, but then you lose, you know, in the short term your, your best player? So, it's a hard thing. I guess they kind of have to look and see. Do they believe this team now can take a step forward and contend this year after 103 losses? That's kind of a big question. If they think they can, then sure, you hold on to Dozier, you hold on to Santana. But if they think that they're still a year or so away, maybe now you cash in on Dozier. It's in the process of being ready maybe in a year or two, uh, kind of rebuild from there. But it's kind of one of those things you're right. It's tough because the Twins have been, you know, lost at least 90 games now in five of the last six years. Um, and they don't want to kind of commit to a full rebuild. But at the same time, coming off, you know, 103 losses, it's tough to, to jump back into, you know, competing this year. So, um, catch 22 is kind of one of the things we're trying to figure out where does it make sense to keep Dozier and you know great contract, great you know leader in that clubhouse, or does it make sense to try to catch him now and get young talent for the future? Yeah, it's a, it's such a, a tough balancing act because you know any ownership group will tell you as much as you want to put a good product you know on the field and you want to restore your farm system, as the saying goes, you got to put butts in seats and. <laughs> To have a guy on your team yep. that hits 42 home runs, that puts butts in seats. And, and you know, it's, that's a reason why to, to jettison a guy like that, it, you have to give it some some second or third thoughts because, again, you have to sell tickets. you got to keep the fan base engaged. It'll be a very interesting decision with what the Twins do with uh, Brian Dozier. Another factor to kind of wrap up the Dozier discussion, Rhett, is that it seems like in talking with other reporters in our weekly podcast that there isn't a great need market-wise across baseball for middle infielders. Is that kind of what you're sensing, and is that perhaps why the Twins are hitting some roadblocks with seeing what kind of interest there is in Brian Dozier? Exactly, yeah. If you look at kind of the rosters around the league, especially the teams that are kind of competitive or trying to compete this year, uh, most teams don't really need a second baseman right now. I think the Dodgers are kind of the lone team uh, that's looking for a second baseman. I think there's some teams out there, you know, the Yankees are kind of measuring the possibility, but they obviously have Castro at second. Uh, most of these teams that are, you know, in both leagues pretty much, that are looking to compete already have some information in place. Um, so that's kind of limiting a little bit of the market there. Dodgers definitely the one that kind of makes more sense because they have an opening at second base. They have the prospects. They have a young pitcher in Daly and they can part with. 
Um, but otherwise, yeah, you're right. I think they look around the league. There's not that many partners. I mean, the Royals probably need one, but, you know, it's probably not in the same division. not going to make a trade that Dozier to the Royals. I haven't even heard them as a possibility even. So, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where the Dodgers are kind of the one team that makes sense. And otherwise, it's kind of, yeah, you're right. The kind of the influence right now around the league, teams that are competing are kind of set in that, in that, uh, in that roles. Yeah, it's interesting that you see so many, you know, teams have needs for, you know, quarter infielders or outfielders, but but the middle infield, it seems to be uh, pretty much set. We saw last offseason uh, the interest that Daniel Murphy generated. He went on to have an MVP caliber year going from the Mets to the Nationals. But again, except for the Dodgers, like you said, there doesn't seem to be that team that has that glaring need at second base. So we'll see what the Twins do here with uh, Brian Dozier. If they keep him, it'll make a lot of fans happy. If they deal him, I think they're going to get a lot in return. So it, it is a, kind of a win-win proposition, but the Twins have to be careful because, again, you want to keep the fan base engaged and you don't want to you know, come up short in terms of a return on a guy that's coming off a career year. So it'll be a very interesting uh, decision that the Twins have coming up with Brian and Dozier. Reds, uh switching gears here a little bit. You know, I, I know that uh, the Twins still have a very young, exciting core or potential core that they're hoping can maybe break out in 2017. You know, we've seen guys like Byron Buxton, Miguel Sano, and Jose Barrios. We know how highly touted all three of them are, but they've had their setbacks, whether it's production, whether it's injuries or both. So how heavily is the Twins' resurgence in 2017 being tied to the development and the continued, you know, continued development of those three guys that I mentioned in terms of getting the Twins competitive once again, coming off 100-plus losses? Yeah, they're definitely the big key to the you know, team. Even you kind of throw Max Kepler in there as well, this young talent. Uh, last year was kind of one of those things where they thought they could take a step forward as a team, you know, coming off a decent year there. Uh, in 2015, sure enough, took a step backward, as you kind of said there. Uh, Sano wasn't quite as good as he was as a rookie. Uh, Buxton, you know, struggled early on, got better, obviously, in September. Uh, Kepler had a nice start, kind of faded a little bit late. Rios, as we know, kind of had a tough uh, first go there in the majors. So I think if they can kind of all bounce back, especially, you know, Brios. A uh, young pitcher really, you know, struggling in the first go round. If he can kind of be a, you know, a, a, even a solid starting pitcher for them as a 23-year, it would be huge for them. And, and, and to know now he's back at third base, I think should help him out a little bit better in that position. Um, so he can provide that power to be big for the offense. And, and Buxton's the, the big key. I think because Buxton's the one guy who has all five tools. I mean, he's a guy who can do just about anything. And we've seen him do it in the minor leagues. But so far in the major leagues, the hitting tool really hasn't come around yet until obviously September. I think September, you know, 10 home runs over his last 30 games or so showing some power as well with his speed. Um, but, yeah, if those guys can break out, if Buxton can be a breakout player, if Sano can be a breakout player, Barrios, throw Kepler in there, Rosario, some of these young talent, I mean, that's going to be the big piece of the team going forward, not just this year, but, you know, in the future as well, because these are kind of the guys that they're counting on. And last year, I think they just weren't quite ready. They're a little bit younger. But I think kind of as they continue to mature and grow, uh, I think we've seen enough potential from these guys, you know, and what they could be. I think now it's kind of one of those things where they can, you know, make that step and kind of become what, you know, we thought they're going to be originally. And, Rhett, have you sensed uh, whatsoever in your dealings with, you know, front office personnel that, uh, that anybody within the team, within the organization, hasn't, hasn't any way soured on any of these guys, or do they chalk it up to, you know what, these guys are going to struggle no matter how highly touted, how many tools they possess, you know, getting to the major leagues and succeeding. It will take time. There will be setbacks. What What's the attitude as far as these three guys go? I think the front office knows these guys are so young. You know, even Buxton with his last year, was 22 years old. He had his struggles early on, but he figured it out late. I think that was definitely a big key for him, though, because I think if it would have been a, you know, a tough September for him, there wouldn't be as much optimism now. I think that September kind of provided the optimism going into the season for him. Um, so, no, the step back last year, I think some of it was just 
injury related. Some of it was just, you know, moving around positions a little bit. You went to right field early in the year, never got comfortable. I think now it's starting to settle in and be a lot better. Um, Barrios, that one's a little tougher because he really, really did struggle a lot. Um, but his stuff is so good. If you watch him pitch, he's, you know, great fastball, good breaking ball, got a good changeup. I think it's just one of those things where he wasn't locating. And I think once he kind of gets that figured out, they can work with him on his mechanics a little bit. And even just confidence-wise, I think if they can get his confidence going, and because his numbers in the minor leagues were incredible. I mean, he led the minor leagues in strikeouts the year before. Uh, was an incredible pitcher the entire, you know, coming up throughout the entire minor league system. So I think these guys have enough potential that we've seen it, that these guys should take that step forward. It's just a matter of it kind of happening now. And I think the organization is not really that worried in that sense, uh, just because these guys have so much potential. And last year was at least kind of, at least glimmers of, of what could be. Yeah, you never want to see uh, a young guy struggle, but I think that when you look big picture, sometimes those struggles are are necessary because you have to learn, you know, what you what you can't do or have to learn what you need to improve upon uh, before you take that next step into becoming a productive major leaguer. And there's no reason to think that Buxton, Sano, and Barry and Barrios, uh, you know, won't take that next step and become productive major leaguers. 2017 is going to be uh, a big year, hopefully, for all three of those guys and helping uh, lead the Twins' resurgence here from a very difficult 2016. Uh, Rhett, to wrap up here, uh, Christmas less than two weeks away, 11 days uh, to be precise. What would you like to see underneath the Twins' Christmas tree in terms of maybe a free agent signing, a trade, something to fill a need? What would you like to see under their tree? I think the big thing for them is just improving their starting pitching. Last year, they were last in the majors and ERA among their starters. So probably a trade, uh, just because I think right now the free agent market for pitching is pretty thin. Um, I think some sort of trade, maybe even trade some of their younger prospects, maybe guys like Kenny's Vargas, guys that aren't really part of, part of, part of their future, I guess you could say, uh, be traded for, for pitching. Um, I think at this point, the Dodger trade might happen as well. It's going to be more likely it's going to be you know young pitching, as we've talked about, daily own. But I think you know, an established major league starter is something they need, whether it's going to be a free agent signing or a trade. At this point, their rotation definitely needs help. That's definitely their biggest need. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that everybody can agree upon that, that uh, the pitching in particular, the starting rotation, needs the most improvement. We'll see what the coming weeks and months bring as we head towards the uh, 2017 season, which is really not that far away, as stunning as that sounds. Our thanks to... Rhett Bollinger on this Wednesday for his time. Rhett, our Twins reporter, and we'll do it again at some point soon, I'm sure. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.